Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving. Now, in season two, The Cannamom Show continues on its mission to empower women-centric cannabis businesses by sharing their stories with you. Go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint. Sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. And now, live from the Tip O'Neill Studios in East Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's The Cannamom Show with your host, Joyce Gerber. Joyce! All right, it is, it's North Cambridge. It's North Cambridge. It's oh, very important. Because it. It, we know, because Tip O'Neill, who was the Speaker of the House under Reagan, who I am so happy we are invoking again today on Inauguration Day, I'll, uh, lived on this house. <laughs> this was part of his legacy. So he's here, North Cambridge, Tip O'Neill. So appropriate <laughs> for today. Joyce, did have, are you enjoying Inauguration Day as we record this on January Yes, 20? I was sobbing and my makeup's a mess. And, and I'm just, I have this weird hopeful thing. It's been going since 5781, since Ruth died and Rosh Hashanah right. and my whole Jewish connection. So do you know that there is actually going to be a cabinet position in science? Really? My, and this is my another Jewish connection. And I keep saying that cannabis should be a cabinet position. So I think we're getting closer. Czar <laughs> of can, all things cannabis. I don't know. It touches everything. So, I have uh, a, Eric, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was going to say I have a quick musical interlude to describe uh, my mood. Here it is. Okay, here it goes. That's from The Wiz. <laughs> we love The Wiz. All right. Yeah. So Eric Lander, who was um, the founder of the Broad Institute out here in Cambridge, also happens to be a member of my temple. And he is going to be the head. He's going to be a cabinet position science person so i actually know him oh okay so cool know. i'm sorry i didn't realize that's where you were going with that that's so yeah, cool that go with the eric lander thing so wow. eric lander when i'm seeing a temple next time i'm gonna be like eric man cannabis gotta put it on the science yeah and also <laughs> hook you up with a tour of the white house and anything meet, and his meet wife joe is another, and camilla 
Yeah, and then his wife is another amazing person. Her name is Laurie Lander. She organizes the, it's a day of service here in Cambridge called MLK Day of Service, which I actually did yesterday because that's my thing. Awesome. And I know, and we made blankets. We did a day of service. So I just feel like, I don't know, there's a shift. There's a shift, right? Finally. Free at last, free at last. (laughs) I feel like Tim Robbins, when he broke out of jail at the end of the Shawshank Redemption, just kind of going like with my arms extended. Thank you. We're done. We're free. (laughs) Well, we're going to see the light. And the last thing I want to talk about, because I've been talking about food insecurity ad nauseum, because this is a huge issue that concerns everyone. I heard about this really interesting. It's a nonprofit grocer. It's in Roxbury and Dorchester. And it's called, where do I have it? Daily Table Org. Daily Table Org. Have you heard of this? I have not. I just think it's such an interesting idea. It's in Roxbury, and now it's coming to Cambridge, and it's like from the guy from Trader Joe's, and you can contribute to it, but the prices are really cheap, and it's supposed to be accessible for everybody, and the food quality is good, and I don't know. This is another weird, strange, hopeful thing. So check it out, Daily Table Org. Yeah, it looks like delivery delivery and in-store pickup, and you can donate to the cause and eat better for less. Sounds good to me. The shift in the story of what a grocery store should be. So mm. on that helpful note on food, products, how we're shifting the dynamics, let's talk to our guest today. All right. Mm-hmm. So today we are talking with two women who joined forces to create a cannabis brand for women, Garden Society. The founder and CEO is a fearless advocate for women-owned cannabis businesses. She holds a degree in chemical and biological engineering, so she is also fluent in the science-based talk of cannabis and production. She is a board member of the National Cannabis Industry Association and, oops, my notes aren't good today, <laughs> an active member in Northern California cannabis community. And she's a cannabis-focused contributor to The Green Entrepreneur. And her co-founder and CMO is a mother and wife to a cancer survivor, so she knows the positive impact of low-dose cannabis can have over the mind, body, and soul. Her love for the outdoors, entertaining, and thoughtful storytelling laid the foundation for a career in public relations and marketing in the wine industry. When these ladies joined forces, they quickly built a well-recognized luxury cannabis brand in California. Looking forward to sharing the story of bold visions in cannabis industry and how women can build the foundations of this industry. Welcome to the Cannamom Show, Erin Gore and Carly Warner. Welcome, ladies. Oh, thank you for having us, Joyce. We had a few technical issues, but we are here and we are ready to roll. So both of you, you've got your relationship, I think is interesting. You have very different personalities. You're both very impressive, but very different backgrounds. Kind of a yin and yang thing going. So Erin, can we start with you? Let's talk about what brought you into cannabis. And I know that you had some sort of epiphany with high holiday baking. I'm not sure what that is. So let's talk. Totally. Um, So, well, thanks so much for being here. We, We call ourselves the tall and small show. So I'm six foot two and Carly's five foot zero. So we are very different. <laughs> and this is audio only, um, so you can't see that, but yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Not to mention that on, um, on Zoom, everyone's the same height, so it doesn't matter. Good point. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Carly's weed consumption capabilities are much higher than mine. So she actually is the monster of the smoking joints world compared to me. <laughs> Which is the thing that people don't seem to understand. They're like, well, it has nothing. It's not like medication. This is personalized. It's your body, whatever. It doesn't matter if you're 100 pounds or 300 pounds, especially in the edible exactly. world. That's a big part. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Anyways, back to your question. I fell in love with cannabis when I had both of my hips rebuilt. So I grew up in the Midwest. I was a college athlete. 
I didn't really dabble other than I would say very recreationally at a party, but I always, you know, was very concerned with drug testing, et cetera. And so I moved to California in 2008 away from the Midwest. Medical marijuana was legal in 2010, excuse me, 2011, I had my first hip rebuilt. And leading up to that in the recovery thereafter, I turned to medical marijuana to help with my pain management. In 2011, how how old were you when you had your hip replacement? You're young. I was actually, how old was I? 29. Oh, you're really young. Yeah. I was really young. So I had it rebuilt. I didn't have it replaced. So I actually used some really cool innovative stem cell treatments at Stanford and did some really cool things. But anyway, so I had my first, my left one done in 2011, my right one done in 2012. And it was just this epiphany moment for me looking at medical marijuana compared to opiates. I realized with the opiates, they prescribed me for the chronic pain I was in. And then also the recovery. I was a crazy person. I I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I, I was just so high. I was so not me. And I found cannabis to be a much better solution for my pain. And so I really started to explore it. The chemical engineer of me became super interested in the science. 2018, that's early in this world. It was very early. So the dispensaries look very different than they look today. The products look very different. Everything was homemade, high dose, not transparent. Um, So what happened is I started making things myself. And I realized there weren't products for me in the medical marijuana market that fit what I wanted to consume at the dose I wanted. And so being a maker and liking to bake and being a chemist and understanding how to do dosing, I started my journey in understanding cannabis and technology and how it came together and how it worked and basically just explored and would create fantastic things and then create total catastrophic failures. But that's how it works. Um, You have to like take the exactly. you don't know, right? If you knew what you were making, you wouldn't have to test it. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So back in, although I can say we have good recipes and we know what we're making now. But Well, um, well, that's like it comes, we have to fail and try and fake persistence. That's why we have to persist. Exactly. But back then the stigma was so real. It was illegal. I couldn't tell anyone. My husband and I have a joint venture with Constellation Brands called Tom Gore Vineyard. So we were launching that. And so we were there. I had a big corporate job where I didn't want to get fired. And so everything was under the table. And I didn't tell anyone other than really my husband and probably my sister. And then fast forward in my corporate career, I was I had a very successful career. I was promoted very quickly, but it was highly stressful. I was managing a hundred million dollar business. I was traveling full time around the world. We were starting a family and I couldn't stay pregnant. And I kept turning back to cannabis as the way to help me sleep and the way to manage stress and the way to drink less alcohol. All the reasons we all love it, right? So Erin, so can I ask you a question from- though? So did you understand that? Like you have a science background. Like, so when I talked to so many women now, they, they just understood that it was helping them despite all the messages they were hearing, but they didn't know what an endocannabinoid system is. They didn't know the difference between the term, but yep. they didn't know any of this. They just knew that it made them feel better and the stuff people was telling them was wrong. But did you understand it at a different level? Yep. Okay. Okay. So you actually knew what you actually kind of understood what you were doing. That's awesome. (laughs) I understood like, look, so dosing is called stoichiometry. And so how the chemistry works with the stoichiometry and understanding the endocannabinoid system and how it's consumed in the body. Now the research from, you know, 2011 to 2015 was still limited, right. And the accessible information was limited, but there was research. You could find information. I started my journey of meeting people and networking with the scientists and the nurses who were doing it. Luckily in California, the medical market started in 1996. So there there were people who were experts and there was information you could find, right? And so then one of my girlfriends came over and she was like, my husband was like, so Erin has this weed lab in our kitchen where she's like making (laughs) hash and doing tinctures and like making different. And no one knew? 
No one knew. I would make <laughs> corn on the cob butter. I would make butter and eat it with corn on the cob. That was like my favorite way to consume back then. It was delicious. But anyway, so she said, well, I want to come over. And I was like, you do? Aren't you worried? Okay, come over. And then so she came over and then she's like, let's do this again in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, sure. And so then more friends came over and more friends came over. And basically we started like a cookie exchange where everybody brings recipes. So, so that, was your, that, was your, that was your high holiday baking cookie exchange. So you're each learning that, how to make And So were you actually, what were you dosing it at? What were you telling people to dose at at that point? So we do five milligrams. Five milligrams. We, okay. Yep. We'd make our own extracts. We dose it into either like a tincture or an oil. And then we just look at how we'd start, you know, making product. And what it was about honestly was it transformed from this world of like making product to being friends with these women, finding joy, having girl time, like having time carved out for ourselves to do something we we really love doing was not actually making edibles, but spending time together. I come back to your business, which I've heard. It's sort of like you are you're focused on joy. So I do want to have Carly talk because it took so long to get on here. So so you had a pretty, yeah. so you are, so you had a very sciencey background. You understood it, you used it for your own health, and then you're sort of building this community of women. That's just that's like encapsulates a lot. And Carly, I know that you came at it from a different the tall and the small, whatever you call each other. <laughs> you, really have a very, you have a different perspective. Let's look like you came from your own family background and I'll just tell your story too. And welcome. Yeah, yeah. Glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know I love Aaron's story. I think, and it it is so interesting how we have such different backgrounds, but we came together and we have this like unity in our partnership. But I grew up in Tahoe and, and pot was just in my house. It wasn't my dad smoked. And I actually found it when I was in fifth grade, right after doing dare. And I was just like mortified that my parents had drugs in their house. (laughs) Disconcerting. (laughs) I was like, what is happening? And because, you know, I had just gone through dare and was told how horrible all these things are. And my mom was like, well, dad uses it to help him with his stress. And it was just okay. But it caused me to really go the other way and not want to experiment with drugs or alcohol much. Oh, so and, you're pretty um, straight. You're a straight laced kind of. I was. Yeah, I was, especially in high school. I was very much like I was getting my music scholarship and I was going to college and that's what I was doing. And that was it. Okay. But in college, I actually, toward the end of my college career, I met my now husband and he was into cannabis and he actually ended up, we moved in together after college. He started growing And I started dabbling in it to help with my anxiety. I was on pharmaceuticals for a long time for depression and anxiety. That's that's a very common story I hear with these. And I keep saying it has to be the first line of resort now, not the last line anymore. And are you guys the same age, Erin and Carly? Are you guys about? Yeah, we are. We're the same age. So you kind of grew up in the same era of like understanding, but you were in a household that was tolerant. And I'm assuming your family was like not into this. Yeah, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, okay. No, okay, no, Wisconsin. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you're growing up, you're kind of straight, you're going, your husband. Okay. So you're. Yeah. So um. anyway, so I started to dabble in it and I really just smoked with my husband and his friends. We used to have a ton of dinner parties and it was really, my friends were his friends. And so we all, you know, enjoyed cannabis together. They were growing and experimenting with different strains and genetics and really getting into it. And so it's actually pretty hilarious that I'm the one that now has the career in cannabis. (laughs) You never know. You never know. (laughs) No, you never know. But in, so I actually helped launch Aaron's husband's brand at Constellation. I was working on the PR team. And so Aaron and I met in New York at the Nomad Hotel so was this like 2014? When did you guys meet? 2013, yep. 14, around there. Okay. I can't. I, I was okay. trying to think about the timeline. I need to like write it 12, out. 12, maybe 12. 
2012? I, I, can't, I can't remember. I need to write the timeline out. But um, <laughs> I'm going to say 2013. <laughs> yeah. So we met, <laughs> we had cocktails at the Nomad and we ended up talking about cannabis and our love for cannabis. And we were both like, whoa, another woman who's like got a corporate career going, who's into cannabis. That's so cool. And we ended up at Aspen Food and Wine, I think that same year together. So we got to go into the dispensaries in Aspen and explore that whole scene. And then we kind of drifted apart and went our own separate ways. And so when Aaron was founding Garden Society in 2016, I had actually left my job at Constellation to be a stay-at-home mom. I had a baby after years of fertility issues. And Aaron found me on Facebook and sent me a message and said, hey, I'm building this. Do you want to chat? And I did. And I said, okay, this sounds so exciting and I really want to do it, but I just quit this job. And I was a little nervous, but once I started working with her and we dove in, it was just, there was no looking back. So, so it's a vision of, so Constellation, that was a wine. What was Constellation? That's why, yeah, Constellation's a big wine and liquor uh, company. All right. So was the idea for Garden, what was it, what was the original idea for Garden Society? Was it product? Was it Mark? What did, what was the original vision? What did you think you were going to do? It It was, yeah, it was exactly what we were doing with the high holiday baking parties where it was. Product and community for women. Okay. Product. That's point away. <laughs> right, right to the point. Okay. Yeah. So- yeah. And Carly came in and like just really reinforced this idea of like, h- how do we create products and an empowered community that help women find more joy and give women permission to choose themselves? All right. So, so how did you do this? How did you figure out? <laughs> how did you figure out what women wanted? <laughs> <laughs> well, we took the inspiration from this high holiday baking party. We had, we had a party that was at the end where I had my epiphany moment was at the end. There was one party at the end, meaning before we started Garden Society, but at the end of my like experimentation where there was over 50 women at my house who were there wow. to learn about cannabis. Okay. So, back up. Like imagine like 50 people in your house today. Like I can't watch people on TV touching hands. <laughs> oh, I, know, right? <laughs> I really want to have a party. I'm going to have a neighborhood block party when this is all over. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> But they were there because they wanted to learn about cannabis. They were there because they wanted products that resonated with them. And they were there to support each other and have fun. And I had this amazing realization where I was like, I literally thought I had no friends because I traveled full time and I was so consumed with my own life. And then I realized like, and I really, I thought all of my problems were my problems. And like Carly and I deeply resonated and became fast friends because we shared a lot of the same challenges and issues and fertility problems and managing a big corporate career problems. And so when I had this big party, I was like, holy shit, all these women are the same as me. Like, I'm not different. I'm not ashamed. I'm normal. When it's isolated. I say, I actually say this a lot. So I'm a little bit older than you ladies. And Cheryl Sandberg told us to lean in more. And I'm like, where am I supposed to lean in more? And I would see the women who are succeeding. I would see the ones who are actually kind of making it through. And the rest of us just felt shitty. Like we were like, there's something wrong with us personally until I was well into my (laughs) forties. And then I'm like, we are exceptional. We are exceptional, Mm -hmm. but we're isolated. So this idea that we are coming together and can find our exceptionality together instead of your, most women's products are designed to make us feel bad about ourselves. What I like about you is that you are talking about joy and how do we make products that make women feel like we're okay. This is the point. We are okay. And I'm, I'm tired of buying stuff because I feel like I'm bad and this thing's going to fix me. I want to know, like, how do we bring joy? So yeah, I like that. Yeah, no, exactly. And so that's, that was really that precipice for launching the whole company. And what's incredible is that Carly and I put our heads together early on and started building out the core foundation. And then 
today, fast forward 2016 to 2021, we are the same exact mission we were back then. And yes, the company's evolved and it looks different and we've matured and we've grown up and our branding continues to get even better. But at the core, we're doing exactly what we set out to do back then, which is like, it gives me the chills every time. So you're, so you're, these are products in California that are being distributed to dispensaries in California, right? Is that what, okay. And so what, what was your first, what was the first product that you designed? So our first product was our chocolate. So we had, uh, it's now categorized as blissful rest, but back in the day we had, it was a milk chocolate with sea salt. It was infused with indica strains and CBD to help with sleep and relaxation So that was, we started out with that and our fruit gelés, which unfortunately are no longer, but it was a pâte de fouille. So the French, the traditional French confection, they're really beautiful. They were infused with the sativa. They were five milligrams a piece. So those were our two first starting product. And Aaron actually, we launched at Emerald Cup in 2016. So, and we got a... LA Times piece about the girl schlepping weed in her sweater set at Emerald. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I her sweater set. So I wear I, pearls. I tried so so hard to work. I tried so hard to look cool. So hard. <laughs> so the chocolate bars and I just that's so interesting. All right. So and your your packaging, I know people can't see it. It's just it's very appealing. It's just, Thank it's you. Lovely, engaging. And this idea that you go into a store and it's orange and green and it's kind of guy dominated and it just feels a little uncomfortable there's a lot of things about this and that your product just feels like something I'd want you looking at it and you'd want to buy it so yeah even when I was comfortable with cannabis back in the 215 era but even in like 2011 2012 I didn't want to walk into a dispensary I made my husband go buy edibles for me and we grew our own flower so I wasn't buying flour but if we were going on vacation or something and I wanted edibles I made my husband go in for me because I just wasn't comfortable, even though I was in the business. Wow. Out of the closet using cannabis. So 2016, we really wanted to build a brand that that brought women into the dispensary experience and they felt comfortable and confident and felt like they were educated enough to go into the dispensary and ask some questions that would help them get to where they needed to be. So is there an education component too with what you're doing on a continual yes. basis? So yeah, okay. we kind of fed on to these high holiday baking parties and we started hosting garden parties. Our first one was in April of 2017 and it was really like an in-home Tupperware party for cannabis. So oh, fun. I love that. Back then we were able to have the actual product at the party. We had a whole presentation that we did that talked high level about your can- cannabinoids, the endocannabinoid system, cannabinoids, terpenes, things like that. We helped people understand dosing and sort of had a journal and experiment with the right dosing for you. And then at the end, they were able to buy the product. And so that was really how we we built this almost evangelical following of Garden Society women in Sonoma County. And that was our education component. So we really build on education. And now it's really in our blog. It's in our social media. It's we really try to weave education in there as much as we can. Unfortunately, with the pandemic, we had to end the garden parties for now. But it's still something that such a great idea. Yeah, we have connections. Yeah. So we have it in the wings to kind of bring back someday, but there, we could have gone to zoom, but I do think there's so much to that intimacy of being together in person with cannabis. And there were always one or two women attending who 
were into cannabis already. And so they would share their first person stories and that would get other people comfortable about it. Which is, which is what this is about. It's very hard to change people's minds. I say this over and over again. It's these stories of what change people's minds and personal connections. So it happens a lot with, I've seen it with conservative people when you're using cannabis for a child. I've mm-hmm. seen that shift. But again, even with women, we're the generation, we know the least and we need it the most. People thought I was making, when I said endocannabinoid out loud in my social circles in 2018, (laughs) people always pushed back on me. They thought this was sort of a joke. So now there are personal stories and people are shifting. So I know one thing you are doing with strong women, just sort of shifting, financing, Mm -hmm. because that's a big Mm -hmm. thing about this industry. If we want to build this industry for women, by women, to accommodate women where women feel comfortable in, we have to create it because no one's going to do it for us. And it's always about money capital. So I know you're a strong woman. You're talking to financing. What is it? How, what are you working with in this area? And I know you're doing some things with Big Rock. I think that's kind of a big topic. So I don't know where you want to go with this, but just yeah. I love, that. I love Aaron, this part. Tell her about the women's slate. Yeah. So we set out to raise our Series A financing with air quotes, if you can see me, um, <laughs> in 2019. And what became really quickly, really fat, what became really obvious really quickly was that we were just very different than the traditional cannabis investor. So Big Rock did invest in us in 2018 out of their family office. They were wonderful. They weren't going to come back in on us. It's a really great team there. So we had to go out and find new investors. And through the process of pitching the company and meeting all these men, it became very obvious very quickly. 0.6% of capital in the cannabis industry goes to women-led companies. 0.6. I think in tech, it's 2 So if you think about that statistic, it's dramatic and offensive, right? And so what we realized is that we had to do something that was different and creative because this idea of like going out, we were too big for the pre-seed and the really early, and we were too small for the growth and the, you know, series A. I don't think I heard, I don't think women are scalable. I heard there's no way you can be a founder and a mom, you name it, we heard it. So Carly and I put our heads together and we're like, we have all these incredible women who support us in the industry. We have all these incredible champions. Maybe they're not the traditional investor, but how do we fundraise different to show all these men the authenticity of who we have? Because we heard from 11 different male investors, well, you must not be very good because you don't have any female investors. That's what they and said to you out loud? Yes, 11 <laughs> different people out loud said that to me. 11. And I said, we're super authentic. Women don't invest. Women don't have money. Women aren't, there's no female-led cannabis fund. Like, where are the women? Like, what do you mean? mean that's little, that is, I, I will say that's like the danger of the, that closed circle of people. And I was in, I yeah. was an attorney and I lived with Dave was an attorney world. So uh, these people who believe what they believe and they just never get outside of their thing. And they're like, well, it's, we've created this and now it's true. So it's true. I, I just, <laughs> Yeah, ridiculous. So all right, so so you're doing. Carly and I put our heads (laughs) together, and we created a safe note, so an easy investment vehicle, and we said we're going to make a women's slate of investors to prove to you, beepholes, you're wrong, (laughs) (laughs) right? And so we went out to these women who were champions for us, who believed in us, and I said, look, hey, I know you run a distressed private equity fund. I know investing from a fund point of view in an early stage, high growth brand startup is not part of your fund mandate, but invest in us personally. We're building a women's slate of investors. We want to show the industry who stands behind us, who believes in us and the authenticity of what we're building. And I'm so proud to say as of yesterday, we have 20 
incredible women who invested their personal money in us and believe in what we're doing. And we've been able to raise over a million dollars doing it this way, which is like that. Okay. Again, you know, we just, I don't know what to say anymore. This is, we are it. We aren't asking for permission anymore. We, whatever the white guy mm-hmm. wanted to do, the people bombing Congress, they want to take it back. We're educated. We got our education. Can't take it away. We have positions of power now. We actually are here. So we're not asking permission anymore. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I would say we have since also found some incredible male champions who saw what we were doing. They saw the scrappiness. Yep. They saw the creativeness. They're like, I'm in Aaron. Like, I want to support women. I have, this is the directive of what I'm doing. So we have some incredible men who are champions for us and open doors and create opportunities. But these women are really in a special place. So we're going to be hosting coffee table conversations in 2021 with these investors, introducing the women to each other. It's incredible when women come together and support each other, what can be done. And they're from all walks of life. There's uh, the women who really come together. Because I, I did, I, I'm still frustrated by the women who are like, this is a women-run company and we support women and we love women. But the five top people on their board are all men. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Mm, you don't quite get it. You're, I, I understand it's hard. I was in that world. Like, by the time you got to a certain level, there just really weren't that many women around anymore because we had all dropped out. And I talk a lot about this idea about creating an industry for caregivers. And the idea of the professional trajectory has to be very straight. And if you drop out to take care of someone or to be taken care of, then that's the end of your professional career. I would like to build an industry where that isn't true. So the idea that men are coming in and joining us, that's awesome. I want them to believe in this vision too. I just don't want to have to fit into their vision anymore. So I just think that's I love great. it. Totally. All right. Yeah, I love it. Um, all right. So the investors, so who are they looking for? Who do you think should be, who, I don't know, like what kind of investing do they want to do? <laughs> uh, well, they invested in us. So okay. they're women from wine, like executives in the wine industry, executives in the tech industry, executives in fashion, executives in cannabis. So they're women who are other, they're founders, they're executives for multi-state operators and they invested in they us. Really, they and they really money. believe in it. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So, so we do have a little bit of I'm going to come back. We're going to have like a quick little break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit about what the products are that you're doing. I have to do a little update on my quilt. I can talk about that. And then um, what's coming up? Because I know Massachusetts, I've been waiting. I think they're coming out here. Let's find out. All right. We're going back in a quick break. We'll be back. Surprise. It's me again. I want to take a minute to thank everyone who's made season two of the Canna Mom show so much fun and so popular. Honestly, I'm a little overwhelmed. And to show our gratitude, the Canna Mom Show team has some exciting news to share with you. If you are a cannabis-focused business or want to find cannabis industry connections in your field or want to engage with cannabis activists, we want to hear from you. Because beginning in 2021, the Canna Mom Show will be offering sponsorships that will allow you to support the voices of women in this industry that need to be elevated and give you the opportunity to connect with the thousands now engaged each and every week with the Canna Mom Show on multiple social media platforms, podcast distribution sites, and internationally on our Canadian Canamom Amy Ryman site, Hip Lives. So if you sell a product, offer a service, or want to engage others, the Canamom Show wants to hear from you. And together, we will crush that cannabis stigma one can of story at a time. Now, back to the show. We are back with my friends, Erin and Carly from Garden Society, and they're going to talk about some of their amazing products. But before that, I just want to give a quick update on the women of cannabis, the women of the Technicolor Cannabis Quilt. Right, Dave? We saw it last week. It was looking good. Yes, fantastic. All right. I was having moments of inspiration. So I've decided the border of the quilt should be all the women I've interviewed this year. 
or Love and last it. year. So yeah. I know. So it'll be a hundred women. And the quilt is so colorful. I decided just to print the border. Oh, he's upside down. And the women are in black and white. This is oh, all fabric. Cool. So it's all the women with their names. And it's going to be, there's so many of them. It's going to. So how did you do that? that? Those are photographs that you. Those are photographs like, that I transferred onto. I'm a quilter. So I have all cool. these weird little tricks. I transferred onto fabric paper that actually goes right into my printer. And Love then it. I cut the strips and I'm going to sew it onto the border. And I'm still not sure what I'm going to do with it. But it's going to be awesome. <laughs> It's, cool. it's going <laughs> to be everybody uh, goes on it. That's yeah. right. Well, as it grows and grows in stature and importance and everything, I just think someone's going to bid like a million dollars to own that thing. Good, if I had a million dollars, Joyce, I would. <laughs> It'll support the show because that's, that's what we're right. going for. That's right. It's all about keeping the show going because if we can't keep telling these stories, how are you guys going to know? Mm-hmm. All right. So that was my quick quilt update. And back with my friends, Aaron and Carly from Garden Society, and they're going to share with us some of their awesome products, which my friends in Massachusetts will be jealous of, but we might be able to see them someday. So go ladies. What do you want to talk about? What things do you want to tell me about? (laughs) So our products are divided into three categories because again, we wanted it to be really simple for women to walk in and gain and quickly decide what category they need based on what they're looking for. So we have uh, Blissful Rest and all of those products are more indica leaning strains. We have Brighter Day. All of those strains are more uplifting, sativa-based. And then we have Calm and Focus, which is our high CBD line. So all the strains in the Calm and Focus are high CBD strains. Oh, that's a nice way to put it. So basically you have like variety of different products, tinctures, chocolates, whatever, under that title. Yeah. That's a nice way of organizing it. Yeah. Yeah. So within each category, we have chocolates, we have what we call rosettes, which are little mini pre-rolls. Um, oh, I see I'm so jealous. Walkers. Oh my God, yeah, they're, they're so beautiful. And they pack it and they look like they smell nice too. They do. Oh my gosh. We, Sunny and our team sources all our flower and we do, it's always sun grown in Sonoma, Mendocino, North kind of Northern California area. We just had a blueberry muffin strain that literally you open the pack and it wafted out like someone was baking fresh blueberry muffins. Oh, amazing. Absolutely amazing. And then we just, so the rosettes are the mini pre-rolls. Those are 10 per pack. And then we just launched our hash infused rosettes. So these are hash infused pre-rolls, full flower, just like our rosettes. So we always use full flower, no trim. And we actually make the hash in house and we roll all of our rosettes in house as well. Okay. okay. So I'm like, I'm kind of stupid about hash. So how does this work with flour? (laughs) No problem. So yeah, so we use a Lebanese dry sift style to make the hash, and okay. then we infuse that into the rosette. So we sprinkle that in with the set weighed out amount into the rosette, into the flour. And so it's just going to give you an even more elevated high when you're smoking it. So it's really wonderful. It's something that Aaron and I, it's definitely a growing trend in the market. So there was a lot of thought and research behind it, but it's also something that Aaron and I just really love. That's great. No, I thought that's a, so, so is it a high THC? What is the... So mm-hmm. it's high THC. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. When and you need an extra boost. Yeah, oh, exactly. I've been in the house for a year with my... This has been... Yeah, I could use that. Although I, my son was trying to teach me how to roll a joint. It's hopeless. I can feel the... <laughs> that's no. why you need our rosettes. I, I know. I just. I started... I never bought... I wasn't... I, before the pandemic, I was not a joint girl. I just... Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's... <laughs> We've been home a long time. 
And you said, well, so what else is coming? Is there something new that's coming out too? Are there some? Well, we just released a recipe. And in the spirit of women supporting women, one thing Carly and I love to do is we love to collaborate with other female-led companies in California, whether it's through marketing, through sales, through mentorship or menteeship. And so we just released a recipe that's a chocolate bomb. Have you seen on Instagram the rage around hot chocolate bombs? Oh, it looks really complicated. I just gave up. I didn't even like go into it. Okay, so it's like (laughs) a circle. And then inside the circle, there's a surprise. And you put it in a cup and you pour hot milk on it and you have hot chocolate. We did tons of them with my kids. So we made an adult version of a chocolate bomb that's with our Garden Society dark chocolate on the outside and then mellows a women-led marshmallow-infused company on the inside, and then Ohm Edibles, which is a women-led confection company that makes a cacao spread, a CBD mm-hmm. cacao spread. And so we made it all together. Carly came up with this incredible recipe, and it's just My God. Lots, of, lots of people are loving it out here. So it's like a I don't little think, winter I don't think we have it here. I don't think we have any, I just I don't see I haven't seen any of this in any of our dispensaries out here. We don't nothing fun like just, that. Just wait. Well, this is a DIY <laughs> recipe. Buy the parts, make the, I know, make the well I have um, seen that's true. I, I just a kind of the fun idea. Like and, and I've just started talking about edibles more. We had a chef on last week who out here in Boston he's doing he got me some beautiful pastries over the holidays. And I am not ooh. a chef. I don't cook. I'm just this is not my thing. And I've had pastries before, but they always taste kind of weird or weedy. Sean, the infusionist, they were beautiful. And I'd left a bunch of truffles awesome. in the kitchen. My husband had one one morning. He's like, I've been in the best mood all day. I'm like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're like, yes, there was cannabis in that. <laughs> Let's best do this day. every day. <laughs> best day I ever had. All right. That is amazing. All right. So, yeah. And we're excited. We're working hard to come bring Garden Society to the Massachusetts market. So when we have some timelines, we should, we'll reach out to you and let you know for sure. So and, how's this work? Um, I, I'm curious actually about this. So I know interstate commerce is a complicated thing. Mm-hmm. That's why California has so many amazing products and Massachusetts was set up very differently. So we are starting to build up ancillary products. We were, were set up seed to sale originally, but the ancillary products are coming in. So how are you getting, how does this work with Massachusetts? Yeah. How are you getting into other states? How does that happen? Yeah. So we actually have a licensing agreement. So we set up where we work with a local operator who has a cannabis license, manufacturing, distribution, and we sign a licensing agreement where we license our brand, our trade secrets, our recipes, our packaging, all the things that go into Garden Society products. And we teach our partner in Massachusetts how to manufacture our products to our quality standards, and then provide all the marketing resources to help them build Garden Society's brand within the new market. So, that's, so I'm actually that's, a, that's curious though. So you talk about like California, obviously you have Mendocino County, you have Humboldt, you have all the great, amazing places where they're growing cannabis mm-hmm. in different ways. Massachusetts just has Massachusetts cannabis. <laughs> so yeah, but there's some really, it's, you'd be surprised at the okay. quality that's coming. <laughs> they're sourcing really great genetics. Things are changing really fast. And so we definitely agree, like the best weeds, California weed. But I also think that from a consumer point of view, and from us looking at the company and the opportunity, being in Massachusetts is a key market because it's our demographic. There is such a void in branded products currently and mm-hmm. a mature cannabis brand that really understands how to market to a consumer and how to deliver on that value proposition. And so being a first mover has some advantages and we really think that the quality of the cannabis is going to be there or will be there. And there's a lot more that goes into our quality products other than just the cannabis. There's the ingredients, the packaging, the recipe, the processes, 
and all of that gets to come with it. So I think there's a big, you know, we say the Northeast is the next big market born and bred here. I thought we were Puritans, but apparently everyone was smoking pot. I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) I've become this weird evangelist. So I just, the idea that these products are coming to Massachusetts and working with women, this is really my focus of the show. So I don't know, just, we have about five more minutes. We're just talking about Clubhouse a little bit before, but I don't know, what is it? What is your, I've been working with Tokativity and Women Empowered in Cannabis and these the women's networks that we're trying to build it up. I have been talking a lot this year on the show about social equity issues. I'm mm-hmm. a white Jewish woman from Cambridge, I, who I know, and I've been making a very intentional meeting Black women who are in this industry. And their stories are, are similar, but very different just because of equity issues, really. And the yep. because it's so costly to be in this industry and they don't have the assets to do it. So are you doing anything on that? women capital raise for helping with them. Okay. Yeah. So we do a lot of mentorship where we, I thought I was going to mention that I, the the mentorship I think is a really important thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially business and women. We work with a lot of women where, and I would say it's just more friends, right? It's not like a formal mentoring program, but we mentor three different companies that are women founded women led in California that I'd say are a little bit earlier stage than we are. So how to raise capital, how to set it up. Is this a good deal? Is this a bad deal? How did you do this? Carly and I are very open book, transparent people because people helped us and we just really live our values and believe in kindness and believe in women supporting women and raising everybody up and all ships rise with the tide. And then from the equity point of view, so, well, what I'm proud about with our company, it's 78% women, it's 52% people of color, it's 31% LGBTQ. So Living in rural Sonoma County, we make a really intentional effort to be diverse, to be, to really elevate all. And, you're really, and again, this is the thing about the cannabis. It's like we're building businesses. We are creating really good jobs, really good mm-hmm. jobs, quality jobs that allow you to yep. use your personality and use your ethics and put something out there that's really good for the world. So this is the other message I want to keep getting out that. Yeah. These are job builders. We're job builders. So this isn't drugs. This is job builders for health and wellness. Exactly. And then Carly, why don't you talk about cage-free cannabis for a second? Yeah. So we participated in a, so Chelsea Handler, who I'm sure great cannabis advocate and very politically active. So she has been building these charitable kits in partnership with Sweet Flower Dispensary in Southern California. And this latest kit was also in partnership with so Sweet Flower in Southern California and Apothecarium in Northern California. And all the proceeds from this kit are going to an organization called Cage Free Cannabis. And they support people who were impacted by the war, on, unfairly impacted by the war on drugs. So it's really giving back to those who came before us, who paved the way for us to be here, awesome. who they happened to be doing exactly what we're doing, but at a time when it was illegal. And so to really be able to give back and and support, again, those who came before us. And in uh, addition to that, we also participated in a program called Our Academy, which was another formalized mentorship program. And so I actually worked with a gal from Georgia who owns a CBD company, but it was still just so, you know, we learn so much from every interaction that we have with these different women. And there's so much to, there's women supporting women, but you, you really have to actually do it. (laughs) So you can say that you do it. You can like posts on Facebook, you can like posts on Instagram, but We've been really trying to be intentional about taking action and making sure that we're really 
walking the walk. But it's um, character. Character is actions. It's yeah. character. <laughs> um, I love that. All right. So on that very kind of hopeful note, ladies, how do the people get in touch with you? What's the best way to reach you? If they want to buy your products in California, where can they find you? Sure. So thegardensociety.com is our website and you can find all our retail locations there. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at GRDN Society. And yeah, we, I actually am actively on all of our social platforms. So you will interact directly with Aaron or I when you reach out to us. Amazing. All right. So all that will be in the notes because it's always in the notes. <laughs> For my guest, Erin Gore and Carly Warner, founders of the Garden Society. I am so looking forward to them coming out to Massachusetts and um, trying the products and telling you how they are. For my canna bro, David Yes, thank you. Another great job. Thank you very much. You're getting Happy better at the tip thing. <laughs> Catherine, our canna mom social media guru you're killing it you're getting everything out every week i'm so happy that you're with us i want to thank josh lambkin and bella jaffe for writing and performing the canamom theme music but most importantly i want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the canamom show where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry one can of story at a time please follow us on social media anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast i am joyce gerber this is the Cannamom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.